Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. How many of us love the Word of God? Yes. Said how many of us love the Word of God? Who is determined to stick with the word of God even when it's not popular? We're living in a day and age where it's not popular, the word of God, but we're going to stick by it. Why? Because the word of God, the truth of the word of God brings freedom. And uh, who's ready for the word today? Who's ready for freedom? Okay. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to bring your word, Father. I thank you it wasn't scheduled, but it was scheduled in your book. And I, I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me today into the lives of people, both in person and those watching online. Lord, I pray for freedom in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't often go to bed with my phone on the side of uh, the bedside cabinet, but I did on Friday night. I woke up on Saturday morning to a text message from a pastor from overseas who was meant to be speaking this morning. And uh, he said, John, I'm so sorry. He said, I'm at the airport and the flight cannot get in the air because of flight congestion. I've never heard of flights, but not been able to get, uh, uh, I've heard of flights not being able to get down, but not up. He said, so all the flights have been canceled out of JFK and I'm unable to be with you on Sunday. I send my apologies. Well, you might be thinking, well, what does that matter? Well, someone has to speak. And I turned to Chantel and I said these words to her, 7.30 yesterday morning. I said, I've got nothing. (laughs) Has anybody ever said those words, I've got nothing? Maybe you're spent at the end of the day. Maybe you've been asked to do something, maybe in a business, and you feel like I've got nothing left to give. Now, to prep a message, okay, just like any, any of us, if we lecture, it does take time. And I have a weekly rhythm. Anyone else like rhythms? I have a rhythm. So on a Monday, I start working a thought in my head. On Tuesday, I start jotting some things down on paper in my phone. On Wednesday, I start putting some points together. On Thursday, I just drill down for six to eight hours. On Friday, I don't do anything on it. And on Saturday, I get back into it. Okay, so that's my rhythm. So that text message has totally thrown my rhythm away. Who's a river person? Breakfast, quarter to eight. Granola, yogurt, strawberries, cup of tea, Yorkshire only. Who's, who likes who? You step into my life, you step into my rhythms. So this, this airliner has messed up my rhythm. And often we go through life with this, with this thought or this, these words I've got nothing. I've got nothing. That's the title of my message today. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. It's a good start, hey? As soon as I said that to Chantel, I felt the Holy Spirit challenge me. 37 plus years of serving Jesus, John, and you've got nothing. So then I googled, I've got nothing, Bible. I thought, you know, AI can write this one. (laughs) You mess me around, you know, AI, you can do all the hard work. So I just Googled, I've got nothing, and this this story came up from the book of 2 Kings. And um, it's a powerful story about a prophet who lived 
800 years ago by the, names, by the name of Elisha, who walked in Elijah's shoes. And he was, Elisha was a good man. He was heavily involved in politics, in royalty. He hung out with kings and queens, but also he took the time out with everyday real people. Don't you like people who can do both? He could hang out, he could be in the daily grind of life, and Elisha witnessed God do many, many mighty things throughout his 50 years as a prophet. And so I won't, I'll let you sit down today because of the weather, but I'm going to read this story because this is one of the mighty miracles that Elisha witnessed in his life. It says in 2 Kings chapter 4, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know what he revered to the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take away my boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing. There it is. She said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it, one, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. This single mum repeated exactly the same words that I said to God yesterday morning, your servant has nothing. She has nothing, literally. She is broke. She is in debt. She is trying to raise two young boys on nothing. In her mind, she is as good as dead. Because she has a choice. She either watches herself and her two boys starve to death. Can you ever imagine watching your children starve to death? Or she can sell her boys into slavery. And she knows that those boys will be looked after, they will be fed, and she will pay off her debts and she will probably die alone. We don't know how she's gotten into this situation. All we know is she is very desperate. Has anyone ever been desperate? She's desperate. In fact, she's beyond desperate. And she cries out to Elisha. Elisha is one of her dead husband's old friends. And she cries out to him. And she tells him her predicament. And from this story, Elisha gives us three instructions what to do when you feel like you've got nothing left. And I know there are a few people, if not a lot of you, who came into church this morning with, I don't have much to give, I don't have anything left, I'm kind of at the end of my tether. So we're going to share these three thoughts this morning, starting with this one. If you feel like you've got nothing left, the first instruction from Elisha was this, check the oil. Check the oil. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house your servant has nothing there at all. Elisha's first instruction, go check the oil. It's interesting in this story that her first instinct, her first reaction was to tell Elisha, your servant has nothing. A little bit like what I said yesterday. I wonder when Elisha walked into her home and said, 
what do you have left? And she said nothing. I wonder, and I'm just going to pray, kind of have a poetic license here for a moment. I wonder if Elisha spied a little drop of oil on the kitchen table. He's like, have you ever done that? You saw... And then she said, oh, yes, except. So first of all, she says, I have nothing. And then the narrative chat, oh, yes, I do have a little drop of oil. It was a little bit like my son a few weeks ago. And often he sneaks in chocolate digestive biscuits. I don't know where he got this from, into his bedroom. And I walked in, I said, Justice. Have you been eating chocolate digestives? No, daddy. What he didn't realize is all around his lips. (laughs) And it reminded me of this story that she says, I have nothing, yet she had something. Could it be today that we feel like we have nothing, yet we still have something? The story shifts from nothing to something. And suddenly she remembers the small jar of oil in the corner of the kitchen. God wants to shift us today because some of us, like I had yesterday, came in here with, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. My relationships are nothing. My finances are nothing. Life means nothing. We've got nothing. But God wants to shift our mindset from nothing to something. I believe we all have something. If you woke up this morning, you have something. If you walked in today, you have something. If you made it through another week, we have something to be thankful for. You ever been around people and they love to complain? Or they, you know, us Brits, we, 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 are, we, are, we are specialists. I was at my, my son's match, I was speaking to this guy yesterday and he said, it's just too hot for football. I was actually quite enjoying it. The same bloke I spoke to in February, he told me it was too cold for football. And in May, he told me, Nick, it was too wet for football. And April, he told me it was too windy. And you're thinking, I'm like, have you got anything to be grateful for? Nothing. You know, it's exactly like this story. We can go through life with the spirit of nothing. I've got nothing. But we all have something today to be thankful for. Sometimes we get so overwhelmed with what we don't have, we forget about what we do have. And I think, I actually don't think this woman was trying to pull the wool over the prophet's eyes. I don't think she was deceitful. I don't think any of those things. I just think she got so overwhelmed with what she didn't have, she forgot about what she did have. There was still a drop of oil left in the jar. And some of you, you've come in today, and with all the woes, the challenges, the setbacks of this world, and you forgot that there is still life in the jar. This little lady overlooked something seemingly insignificant that God saw as significant. And I believe today God is about to do something significant in your life with something which looks insignificant. Something that looks so like, what can God do with this this drop of oil? Yet throughout scriptures, we see that God did something with something so insignificant. 
How could a little boat save the world? Yet God said, I need the boat to Noah. How could a little boy with just a a packed lunchbox feed a crowd of people? God says, I need something. The woman who touched the hem of his garment, she did something. Often we tell God, sort out my mess and let me know when it's done. I'll be watching Netflix and eating Doritos. And we have this kind of thing with God where you need to fix my problems. I'm just going to sit back and you need to just DM me, slide into my DMs once you know it's fixed. Write this down. Nothing will change in our lives until we give God something to work with. This is difficult. Nothing's going to change in our lives until we give God something to work with. And I I went into my office yesterday morning. I said, God, I'm going to give you something today. I'm going to give you my availability. When I give you my availability, wait, what happens? So I gave God my something. All God needs to turn around your situation is something. We've got to change the narrative to I've got nothing to I have got something. We've been singing today, so I'll throw up my hands and praise you again and again. All I have. Sometimes all we have left is a hallelujah. Sometimes the only words we can find is thank you, Jesus. You know, as I was watching Stand Beside Steve today, I was watching him worshiping God. You know, that wasn't easy to worship God when you've had a great loss in your life. But he said, I've got something to bring. I've got something. I've got something. And I can't blame this lady. She's lost her husband, her job, maybe even her home. She's about to lose her kids. Elisha walks in and he says this. He says, go check the oil. Go check the oil. And God is walking into our hearts today and he's saying this, go check the oil. Go check the oil. Sometimes the enemy doesn't steal our oil, but he makes it feel so insignificant and we think it's not even worth using. I think she looked at this little drop of oil and she said, it's so insignificant, I don't even think it's worth using. Sometimes God gives us things in our life and we think they're so insignificant that God could never use them. Maybe it's just a handshake, maybe it's a hug, maybe it's, maybe it's buying someone a coffee and we think that's just so insignificant in the bigger scheme of things. Who knows what God can do? We walked into church, I walked into church, where's Kevin? Kevin is Kevin in the room? Kevin in- here he is. Just stand up, Kev. He's an absolute legend. This is Kev. Always wears Bermuda shorts or Bermuda outfits. You know, what Kevin might feel every Sunday is he might feel a bit insignificant. What have I got to give? But he decided he's going to wear bright clothes every Sunday to cheer us all up. He just wears bright. And to him, it might feel like nothing. But I'm telling you today, it was something to me. As I walked in, I saw his face bright and early give me a big handshake, a big hug, welcome me to church. You might think, what have I got to give? We've all got something we can give. So we want to honor you today, Kevin, and all of our amazing dream team. Don't let the enemy belittle your something. 
Don't let the enemy tell you God can't use something. Your smile is not nothing, it is something. Your hug is not nothing, it is something. Your love is not nothing, it is something. Your gift is not nothing, it is something. Your giving is not nothing, it is something. Your encouragement of, it is not nothing, it is something. You turning up for church today in 39 million degree heat is not nothing, it is something. And God sees everything. When we give him our something, he can do something out of this world. Nobody has nothing, everybody has something. And Elisha comes into the mess and spots something she'd missed. Isn't it amazing, when you actually do a fact check on your life, you'll discover things that you miss. You'll discover, first of all, that you're still here. I discovered things about myself yesterday. You discover you're probably doing a whole lot better than you think you are you'll discover probably life is probably better than you're making out right now. You'll discover you made it through another week. Often it's when we bring other people into our lives that they spot things that we've missed. This lady invites Elisha into her home. What does he do? He spots something in her life that's going a lot better than she thinks it is. Can I encourage you today to invite other people into your mess? because they will see things in your relationship, in your finances, in in, in areas of your life that you are trying to fix but you cannot fix. So she brings in a specialist and he says, I know you can't see this but you do have a drop of oil and if you have something, things can turn around. So if you, verse four says, the wife of the man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, she says, if you cry out for help, Be careful because someone might spot something in your life. They might spot some oil in your life that you've missed. And often we don't like bringing people into our lives because maybe they'll identify some areas of our lives that we need to grow up in and change in. I was having a catch up a few weeks ago with someone. I was having a good complaint. And they gave me what I'm going to call a spiritual slap. (laughs) That's not physical. That's just a reminder like this lady, I invited him into my life and he reminded me about the jar of oil. He reminded me that actually, right now, we're not where we used to be, we're not where we want to be, but right now we're exactly where we need to be. And sometimes, this is difficult, sometimes the greatest gift God can give us is someone to remind us about the something that we have in our lives. Because sometimes we get so blurred by all the mess, we forget the insignificance of the small thing. Turn to the person beside you and say, check your oil. Check your oil. Number two. First thing you got to do is check your oil. Second is this. You've got to value your oil. Watching online, write this down. Value your oil. Your servant has nothing. She said, except a small jar of olive oil. Often we want God to wave a magic wand over our lives and fix things. Who would like a magic wand miracle? God comes in and goes, finances fixed, health fixed, family fixed. But Elisha walks into this little lady's home and instead of waving a wand, she gives her a friendly reminder. She says that, he says this to her, he says, you forgot the small jar in the corner. You forgot what I've already done. I know it's small, but it's something. 
Could it just be the small thing that you think is insignificant could be the catalyst for what God wants to do in our lives? The jar which you think is nothing is actually quite something that God is going to do. There's more value in the jar than you realize. This is the jar I'm going to perform a miracle through. I'll put it like this. God doesn't always do something new. God often reminds us of what we have. See, we want something new. Give me a new building. Give me this. Give me that. And God says, no, 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 no. Stop talking about something new. Could it be the miracle is in the house? Could it be the very thing is inside of your life already? There's more value in the jar than you realize. What do you have? Not what did you used to have or what you'd like to have, but what do you have? God doesn't bless what you had or what you wish you had. God blesses what you have. So the question isn't what, do I, what did I have? The question is what do I want? The question is what have I got right now? God, what value can, can I see in what I have? God challenged me this week, stop asking me to finish the building and start thanking me for where we're at. Because 12 months ago, I've taken your arm off to be where I am today. 12 months ago, there's a strong possibility in your life you're further ahead than you were 12 months ago. So instead of always living in the future or living in the past, we've got to stay thankful for exactly where we are today. Stop getting too far ahead of yourself. We've got to place value on where we're at. Value on our season in college. Value on our season in this job. Value in our relationship. To every person in their senior years, don't let the enemy tell you you're not valuable. I'm going to say that again to every person in your senior years. I'm not going to put a number on that. You know who you are. Don't let the enemy tell you you're no longer valuable. There is value. Do you know how much value? Do you know how much? Chantal and I, we love the senior people of our church. When we see you in our church, it excites us. The wisdom, just the steadfastness. There's so much value in the generations of our church. We celebrate you today. We honor you. But there is value. There is value left in your marriage. There is value left in your relationship. There is value in your business. There is value. Sometimes you've just got to accept that there's still some value. Instead of asking, God, I need something new or bring back what was old. God, I place value on what I have in my hands. Check the oil. Value the oil as the team come up. We've got to pour the oil. We've got to pour the oil. Verse 4 says, Elisha says to the lady, go inside, shut the door. Behind you and your sons, pour out the oil into the jars. Watch what happened next when the oil was poured. It says they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring another one. Now come with me here. It wasn't till she poured that there was more. When you pour out, God pours in. I think, first of all, she went behind closed doors and she started pouring one jar, two jars, three jars, 
four jars. The oil's not running out, five jars. Hang on, five jars means I can save one of my sons. I can pay my debt. I wonder if there was enough for six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've saved my family. God is saying, I won't stop. If you keep bringing me what you have, I'll keep pouring in. You ready for God's strategy for life? Write this down. When we pour out, God always brings more. When we pour out, let me put it this way. Bad English coming up, you ready? When you feel poor, pour. When you feel poor in spirit, pour out. When you feel poor, when you feel poor, you just keep pouring. Yesterday I felt poor, poor old me, everyone at the beach, God says, shut up, start pouring. Start pouring. Start pouring your life. Start pouring over my world. Just start pouring. Elisha said to the women, I know it sounds ridiculous. Prophets, they're sometimes a bit out there. But trust me, I know what I'm doing. So what does that mean for you and I? Well, when you're feeling discouraged, when you're feeling discouraged, like last week we talked about, what do you want to do when you feel discouraged? I'll tell you what you want to do. You want to feel sorry for yourself. Like that's exactly what this woman was. She was feeling sorry for herself. Elisha comes in and says, no, 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 no. Get up. Poor. It's all right, we sold the building. Poor. You got to pour. Cut that out. Got to pour. I'm feeling discouraged. What do I do? I find someone and I encourage them. I've got nothing to give. Find someone in need and give. I've got no time. Find someone and sow your time. When you feel poor, poor, poor. We've got to change the attitude of look at me, little me, feel so sorry for me, and life's played me a bad hand. Maybe it has, like this lady. We don't know the, we don't know the reason. But Elisha walks in, he says, first of all, check your oil, because you've still got something to work with. You've got to place some value on what God's given you. Place some value on yourself. See yourself how I see you. And then, it's not about you. This life is about pouring your life into others. When you feel lonely, do you know what the enemy says if you're feeling lonely? He says, isolate yourself. Pull back from community. Pull back from being around God's people. God says, pour out. Befriend someone. Invite them around your home. Have a dinner. Give. Be generous. Pour out. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. And pour. When the offering plate comes around in a few minutes, the enemy says, hold on. You got nothing. God says, pour. Pour. Just keep pouring. The more you pour, the more comes. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. There may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Ready? And 
pour out so much blessing, the unable to contain it. When you don't, when you don't pour, you stay poor. So again, not, I'm not just talking about finances. When you stop pouring, you stay poor. Our lives are built so we pour out. If the enemy can get us doing one thing, David, is to stop pouring. To stop pouring. Just keep it about us. Keep it about me. I'm just going to put my feet up. I'm just going to put my feet up. God says, you can do that when you get to heaven. God's not places on earth to retire. He's placed us to pour. To pour. One of the legends of our church, Paul Coleman, is turning 70 on October the 8th, 70 years young. And instead of saying, I've got nothing, he's telling, he's telling the devil, I'm still pouring. Yes. He's going to run 70 kilometers in 24 hours to release children out of poverty wow. through compassion. He's saying, I have not got much left. I'm going to pour out what I do have. Keep pouring. Keep pouring. Put your slippers away. It's a word for someone. Put your slippers away. Keep pouring. Keep pouring into others. Keep pouring into others. Quickest way to die is to retire. Just keep pouring. Keep pouring. Keep pouring, even if it doesn't make sense. Keep showing up on team. Keep serving. Keep giving. We can cry over what little we have, but until we pour, it stays small. It's not until we start pouring our lives into others, we start being enriched, we start to grow, we start to understand the true favour and the blessing of God. As she started to pour out, God started to pour in. If the enemy can stop us pouring, he'll stop us moving. Get your pour back. Turn to the person next to you and say, get your pour back. Turn to the other one and say, put your slippers away. Come on, we're going to start pouring. God's blessed your business. It's an opportunity for you to pour. If God's blessed you with hands, it's an opportunity to serve others. If God's blessed you with energy, use your energy. If God's blessed you with a smile, some of you got the best smiles. Come on, give me a big smile. You burn a calorie every time you smile. Who needs a gym membership? Just keep smiling. God's blessed you with a car. Use it to pour and bring people to church. Just use your pour. I love what Paul said at the end of his life in 2 Timothy. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. I'm going to die empty. I want to die empty. I want to pour every single ounce of life and energy and effort out of my life. I want it to be rinsed. I've given absolutely everything for the cause of Jesus Christ. There is nothing worse than someone dying full. Give it out. Give everything for Jesus. Let Him have your gift. Let Him have everything, every part of you. Come on, we've got to pour, pour, pour. Come on, Soul Church. Let's pour, pour, pour.
Maybe you feel like you've got nothing left. Check the oil. God always needs something to work with. When you found your oil, place value on it. You're valuable today. Your God needs you. He needs the gift that he's placed inside of you to reach others. God might not give you something new. He might just remind you about what you have. Some of you, God gave you the ability to write songs. Start writing again. Some of you, God gave you the ability to sing. Join the worship team. We'll just need to check. God did. Come on, you got to pour. You got to pour. Pour the oil, keep pouring. I made a promise yesterday afternoon. I made a promise to God. I'm going to try and keep it, even though you should never make promises to God, that I will never say this again. I have nothing. Because I believe everybody has something. Today, we're going to tell the devil, I've got some oil left. Is there anyone who says, I thought I had nothing, but maybe I got something? You might be 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. You might even be in your 90s. You've still got something to give in this church. You've still got something to offer. You've still got something to bring. You've still got something to serve. You've still got way to go. Come on, I've got something. I've got some oil left. Now, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to be brave enough. No, 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 all of you. No, wait, 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 wait. Not letting you out just yet. Who walked in here today and you had that, God, I just feel like I've got nothing. I want you to stand. You just feel like you've got nothing because that's how I felt yesterday. Come on, just stand. I feel like I've got nothing. I feel like I've got nothing to give in my marriage, my business, my family. just feel like I've got nothing. It takes courage to admit you've got nothing. Yeah, well, let's, come on, let's honor these beautiful people. watching online you can stand in your bedroom in your lounge your garden just not in your car just keep driving but today I believe that God's going to show you that you have something Chantal is that your name I remember it because my wife's name I met you on Tuesday didn't I you walked into the church I think you said something similar to me you said I've got nothing you've got so much going for you I don't know your story but God does Everything that you've lost, God's going to give you back. Everything. You've got something. There's something about you. The first time I met you, I know your wife and got the same name, so there's something about you. God's going to use it. I would encourage you in this season where you feel like you don't have much, just keep pouring. Keep pouring. Your pour is attractive to many. As you keep pouring and loving and helping others, God's going to bring the right people around you. He's going to lift you out of your situation. In 12 months, you will not be able to recognize yourself. I believe something is birthing inside of you. Nothing is changing into something today. Everyone in this room, you have something. You have something left. It might feel like you've lost your children. You've lost your job, you've lost your marriage, you feel like you've lost everything, but you still have something, you have Jesus. And Jesus is enough to get your life moving forward again. Doesn't matter how old you are, your life can get back on track today. I'm getting ready to pour. I'm getting ready to go again. But it starts. 
by saying, I've still got something. So Father, I want us just to, can you, if you're close to some of these, these individuals, would you just put your hand on their shoulder, on, on their back? Nothing, nothing weird, just, just pray. Let's just have a moment, we're just gonna pray. Come on, let's gather around them, team, if we can see someone standing on the loan. Let's just pray. Thank you, Jesus. I'm on the comeback trail today. Tell the devil I've got something. He didn't steal everything. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. If you're watching at home, give God something to work with right now. God doesn't always give us something new. He reminds us what we have left. Today, maybe you came in looking for something new because I often do that, which is what I did yesterday. And God says, I just want to show you what you've still got. Today's a reminder of, and God will do something new. He talks in His Word about, see, I'm doing a new thing. But maybe today was about actually recognizing some areas of our lives that God's given us our gifts and our calling that maybe we've kind of just almost forgotten about, pretended it's not there. And today is stirring it up, stirring up and says, come on, I need you to pour out, but you can't pour out what you don't recognize. So if you said today, I've been challenged, God, you've given me things and I've just left them alone. I've been so caught up in the lack of other areas of my life, I forgot about the oil the thing that you have given me. So today, God, stir me up again. Stir me up, stir up the oil inside me. Where are you guys? I wanna pray for you. Stir up that gift, stir up that gift of hospitality. Some of you, God's given you a gift of hospitality and you've let that go. Someone, others, you've been given a gift of encouragement. You you know how to encourage others, bring out the best in others, but because you felt discouraged, you've let that gift just slip away. And today, God is saying, stir up that gift again. Stir up that gift again. For for others of you, it's in music and the arts and creative and you've kind of let it go, but God is stirring up the oil again. He said, come on, remember what I did. Remember what I did. God is gracing you for a new season of using your gifts and your talents in Jesus' name. For others, it's time to pour. It's time to pour. My life has been poured out. If you're committed today to a life of pouring, say, God, I'm just gonna keep pouring. Because Lord, when I keep pouring out, you just keep pouring in. And maybe the energy stopped because I've stopped pouring out. Maybe even the finances have stopped because I've stopped pouring out. And God, I just wanna keep that flow, the flow of your spirit in my life. Where are you guys? I'm gonna keep pouring. I'm gonna keep pouring. I had to get my pour back yesterday. Come on, Father God, you see all the hands today. Lord, you've called us to pour. You've called us to pour, Father God. And so we come to you, Father. Lord, we all just keep pouring out even when it doesn't make sense. Even when maybe we've been hurt and let down and spoken badly of, Father, just as you did, you kept pouring out to the earth, kept giving. So, Father, Lord, I pray that people would come alive again as they begin to pour out as they begin to get involved, serving on team, being part of what you're doing. Make this church known as a church that pours into the lives of others, Father. Pours into the lives of the poor, pours into the lives of the broken, pours into the lives of the lonely, Father. May we never stop pouring out in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing it out. 
God sent his son Jesus. He poured his son into this world so that we could have life. We could know the forgiveness of our sins. Today, you can receive the greatest something, which is Jesus. He loves you, friend. Maybe you got invited to church today. Maybe you're watching online. I know it's hot. and We're gonna get out of here in just a moment. This is the most important part of today. It's where you make a decision to receive Jesus as your personal savior. He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. You're far more valuable than you ever knew. You were paid for by the precious blood of Jesus. Today, you can recognize that. You can receive his love, his forgiveness into your heart. He'll give you a brand new start. Nobody is too far gone for Jesus. Nobody is too far gone for Jesus. Today, he can give you a new beginning. All I'm going to do is count to three and then I'm going to pray for you. Say, John, I need, I need Jesus today. I need to find his love. If you're watching online, this is for you. This moment is for you. You say, John, I need Jesus. I've made some mistakes. I've kind of messed this thing up. I feel like life is just valueless, nothing. But today, I invite Jesus to give me a new beginning. When I get to three, just slip up your hand. One, two, three, pray for me. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? Say, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amazing. We're going to say this simple but powerful prayer together out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's congratulate everyone who said that. Amen. Hey, if you made that decision, we congratulate you. We've got a gift for you. It's a Bible. Our team are going to be out there in the foyers afterwards, just holding them in the air. Please let them know that you made that decision today. Even if you didn't lift up your hand, please take a Bible. We'd love to uh, stay connected and, uh, yeah, really just celebrate that decision. Amen. Did you receive the word today? Come on, who's got something? I've got something. Who's on the comeback trail? Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.